0: Welcome to Talent X, the Talent Experience podcast featuring authentic conversations on the future of work, empowering you to better understand and deliver a best-in-class, future-proofed career experience. For more insightful conversations, visit talentxpodcast.com. We hope you enjoy this episode of the Talent X podcast. Good afternoon. you got Rhonda Taylor here, um, and today we're on another episode of Talent X. We have um, a guest, Chris Havela. Chris is the VP of HR technology and solution provider strategy at Deloitte Consulting. Um, Chris is just a hardcore, you know, HR technology solution provider strategy person um she is she's no stranger to the space she's a well-respected analyst um before she ever joined deloitte and chris and i have worked on several projects in the past so chris i probably didn't do you justice tell us a bit more about yourself and welcome to talent x
1: oh thank you so much it's really good to be here um You know, I, most people would, would like look at my like LinkedIn profile or something and and probably call me schizophrenic. But um, I think in a nutshell, I, you know, I, I solve problems for living and it's, And it's taken a number of different forms through um, whether it came from a an IT direction from a a functional HR direction you know I had a full functional career in HR uh, from a a product and a business perspective there's probably not a way I haven't covered it so um, I really kind of built um, what I would call a a little niche for myself and and how do I pull all those things together like when you start thinking about the outcomes we're trying to get with tech um, you really do have to sit in the middle of the business and all the products and all of the tech and all of the you know, the functional things that we're trying to do. And uh, so I sit there and I, I kind of liken myself to a conductor or maybe it's a translator from all those different languages. But anyway, that's that's kind of what I do. But I've always been a geek at heart. I love seeing how tech and data can come together and make a difference for companies. So.
0: And and I am always amazed at you because you are, a
1: software engineer correct Uh, yes that's exactly how i started as a matter of fact i studied ai in college that was my concentration at which you know uh, luckily nobody can see me on video but i then it would date myself automatically but uh, that was back in the 80s and i was fascinated with the concept that you know the AI had this big surge of popularity back in the 80s. And it was all based on decision support systems and rule based systems and things like that. But we learned all the stuff that you could do with AI someday if we had capacity and processing speeds. And now we have all that you can buy it at the, you know, at the grocery store. Um, What were big capital expenditures back when I was, you know, in college and And so, yeah, I've always been a geek at heart and a lover of uh, the power behind data and what it could do for us once we had it. And now we have a ton of it. I think last I saw, we've got, you know, nine times more data in the last two years than has been generated in all the time before that. So well, it's oh, exactly. a cool way 30 years later now to finally, you know, do what I learned in college. But yes, I came out as a software engineer and, and, uh, and I'm a reformed one. So uh,
0: hats off to An you. An evolved because, one. Yes, yes, <laughs> yeah. Now we're going to go to data in, in a whole new way because, you know, yeah. in the past, we've always thought of talent as being a, a soft topic. Yeah. But now talent, and especially now, I'm going to pivot down to talent marketplace. Yeah. has become very data driven yeah um and uh, and there's so much going on in this in in this area of hr that a lot of people are confusing the definition of talent place uh, talent marketplace and i think you know first of all i would love to get your definition of what it is and and how it's what the role it's playing in today's hr ecosystem
1: you know, it's it's funny that you say that because, you know, I think it, it may not be the role data is playing, but it's the role data should be playing. Right. And I but I think our whole definitions of, uh, you know, of what, um, you know, how it's like we used to talk about talent acquisition all the time. And, you know, we're really kind of flipping it and it's about accessing talent. Right. And and so, you know, where is talent? And we, you know, we keep hearing people talking about talent, you know, as um you know, as an asset and all of these things. And so like any, you know, quote asset, you know, I think when you start thinking about a marketplace, right? It's it's because accessing talent has become very, very hard. And it's because we've been doing it wrong in a lot of respects, right? We've been, you know, we need skills, we need skills, we need skills, go hire them. And we've looked at people as more of a commodity and they're, and they're just not, right? and and so now as you start to see the the market changing and you know first we've been talking about the war for talent for I don't know 25 30 years now right and then now on top of that you've got population shortages right the demographics are changing and and this concept of skill shortages right the average lifespan of a skill is two and a half to four years right now and so it's it's changing the way we have to look at things Um, All over the place. And, And so I think the concept of talent, you know, management is changing to really be about workforce transformation. So I think right now what you're seeing is so many shifts in, you know, we can't just keep acquiring talent, we have to move talent around right? We have to access talent differently, um, whether it's through technology, whether it's through an alternative workforce, whether it's through our own workforce, whether it's outside, we have to look at this holistically. And, And so we're in this massive transformation right now. And so data is probably a great way for people, you know, to kind of start to help to sort through this because we can use technology to look through this data and find patterns and trends and And all kinds of other things but yeah I do think things are changing and we're in such a flux but a marketplace is essentially an exchange you know here's the work that we have here's the talent we have like how can we how can we come at this from different angles right and so putting it in a marketplace um, is perfect right but I do think there's one missing part that we haven't talked about and that's the work itself and once we know the work now we can start to figure out who can do it? Is it tech? Is it a person? And and where does we find that person? Is it in our, you know, organization? Is it outside of our organization? Is it, you know, do we just parse out this piece of work? And, and we don't maybe have to hire that person full time, we can gig it out. So, you know, I just think that's where this marketplace comes into play, because this is where you can start to bring all those pieces together and have an exchange, however way you want to try to approach it. Oh,
0: and you mentioned you mentioned one one area that's really relevant in today's marketplace. Today's marketplace, mm-hmm. and that is with COVID. We've seen a lot of cutbacks. We've seen people going furloughs with the promise of being called back again. Right. Um, and and chaos has erupted because yeah. all of a sudden jobs that were there, there's no longer the people to fill them. Right. So companies are having to Go into a state of flux, um, and and it's created an incredible infusion of talent mobility activities. Right, and I would just you know, I would I would love to hear you know what your view is on on, on how a company at this stage of the game, you know, grabs a hold of themselves because everybody has to look inward now. We can. Nobody's got. Nobody's going to walk the high wire and start hiring somebody externally. Yeah,
1: it's you know, it's it's you know, it's you start to think about what this really is and it's risk, right? You know, you're you're trying to navigate the unknown, right? And everybody, you know, we talk a lot this year about this paradox between you know. Um, humans and technology, right? And, and, you know, it's kind of like, you know, everybody wants a sense of belonging. um, But yet, you know, you really want individuality, right? You want security, but you want reinvention, right? Well, there's a safety in chaos and reinvention. So we're all looking at a way to mitigate the risk. And sometimes it's just creating inertia, right? And, um, and you know, and bad decisions and a lot of it is because we're not using data to try to inform us. Um, it's not just about what's happened in the past because nobody we, we haven't we haven't been through this kind of chaos before. We've been through a lot of chaos, but not this kind of chaos, right? But what what is the process of navigating chaos because that's really what it's going to take to continue to move forward with all these disruptions that we have right ones that we knew that were coming ones that we didn't know were coming and there's obviously stuff that remains to be seen so what's the muscle set to navigate that and still have security right and and still you know feel like you're you're mitigating risk and and i think that's where people are right now so internal talent mobility is getting a lot of attention and love that should have been happening all along because as we wrote about even last year in our trends rate right, the war you know the, the war for talent's going to get won at home not you know outside not you know through talent acquisition but we have such bad structure and process for that that you know, we just continued to let people go, the attrition, you know, let the attrition happen and we'll get new people, right? So it still goes back to what is the work, right? What is the work and how do we access talent or technology or whatever to get that work done? And most people don't, that's why alternative or, you know, even remote work was frowned on in a lot of places, right? Because it was like, I don't even know how to manage performance unless I see them because I really don't understand what the work and the outcomes are. So that's a lot of what we've been writing about is kind of how to start to structure this. And I think what's been interesting, the body of work that I had done around technology strategy and, and that we've done around experience and workforce transformation recently, all were kind of leading up to all this disruption but now we just have to fast lane it, right? Because companies are having to do this, what probably could have been a three-year three, three year transformation process in like, you know, three weeks, right? Yeah, and yeah. so what's the fast lane? And it really comes down to a couple of things, right? It's what do you need, when do you need it, and why do you need it? And, you know, we're going to have to kind of pull together with our people and, and, and technology to try to figure out the how right we're gonna to have to yeah. empower our people and it's a little bit of a loss of control but they're the ones closest to the what when and why of that work and if we can let people know that what it is when we need it why we need it you know which is really simple to stick in a marketplace once you do that right uh-huh. <laughs> you know then you can start to figure out how to utilize all of these assets that we have to start attacking those problems so that's a lot of what we've been trying to build is just tools to get people to put their you know wrap their head around things like that and and start to figure out in the midst of all this chaos you know kind of that light in the fog so to speak right and 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 it's it's like okay like how do you help you help your people like how do you help mm-hmm. your staff um what from- when why and that why is important so they can connect to it right yep. so they can have that that feeling of belonging and connection. And, and I now know what my impact is because look, this is what's needed to be done. And and here's why I need to do it. And I can take not just my skills, right? But what are my capabilities that I can bring to the table and do my learning in the flow or, or whatever else um, to say, but I'm connected to that outcome. And I can tackle it that way and I know exactly what I need. I know what I know already and I know what I need to get to get that outcome. And it starts to pull this stuff together in a much easier way. But and we've gotta realize we can't have control over all of that. Yes, and but
0: a company has to be able to provide the opportunity yep. yes. for the employee to gather that information Yes, and to, exactly. and to grow into their roles. Yep. Um, whether it be gigs or working yep. with a mentor or or, um, or, maybe just with an LMS system and then have the LMS system. Right. Are you seeing any, um, any of those assets being offered and what degree, what level? Because I have some great stories, but I would love to hear yours.
1: You mean in terms of how companies are trying to kind of do this and yeah. pull these different levers? Yeah, yeah I've, I mean, I've really seen some really interesting stories. Um, you know, case studies were in the midst of, of putting together now, and it really did, you know, kind of come down to people focusing on, you know, okay, if, if, if experience means these three things, right, or, you know, whatever it is, um, you know, if I can start to, to, to carve out what that work is, right, um, and, and, and look at this once we do that, we can go in a lot of different directions, right? And and this is what's been interesting: seeing some of the stuff that I've, I've been watching. You know, for instance, one company it was the same way. They knew they had to reskill their workforce, right? Um, and we've seen that just come out in our data alone. People are this huge awareness that they need to reskill, and absolutely no readiness to do it, right? There's this big yep. delta and the people and the, where I'm studying are the people that have jumped into that delta and and they've done it by really trying to figure out what that work is, tying it to outcomes, right? Not activities, right? Like what yep. is the work? What are the outcomes, right? And once they started to parse that out, then, you know, they put that stuff literally into a talent marketplace, right? And and then how they were, you know, how they let people access that, right, was kind of that, again, the what, the when, and the why, right, um, and I've seen some really creative things being done, even with like blockchain technology, letting people bid on things, yes, right? I've, i heard about using, that. Using like coins, right, to bid on on work that they wanted to do that maybe, you know, was not exactly in their reach, but Again, once that was structured out what and why, they actually were able to go and get what they needed. They knew what they had. They could pitch, right, with their coins, why they were doing it, what they felt they, you know, could use to get it. They had all of this stuff. And so they could, like, again, it's connecting the people in the work. You know, the recruiters and the HR people didn't know that right they didn't know what motivated this person and they didn't know really what they had but when they put the work out there people could connect to it and then they laid ai on top of that on you know on top of all of this you know data and exchanges and and the activity and the searching and and then from there they could actually now be proactive also and look within their own organization for those things and using the the technology to help point to who they needed to that had not just the skills but the capabilities as well. Fascinating story. It's
0: it's fascinating and and you and you brought up something that I would like you to expand upon And, and you mentioned capabilities and like you know share with us how do you differentiate capabilities and skills?
1: Well, anyway, I think skills really come down to, you know, what is it you need to do a, a job, right? So what is it you execute to execute a role, a routine tasks, you know, whether it's physical labor or, labor or knowledge work, you know, and a lot of those things can be automated and things like that, but capabilities take things to a little bit of a, of a higher level when it's like what, you know, will enable a worker to adapt quickly and continually, you know, disrupt, right? So it's really more around, you know, again, skills, kind of more training, experience, exposure, activities, and then those human capabilities are the things that enable somebody to learn, maybe in the flow of work, right? Or, uh, you know, taking this experience over here and applying it over here, right? It's the capabilities behind that. Um, And and I think when you start thinking about reskilling a workforce, and I used that data point earlier. You know, the average lifespan of a skill is two and a half to four years, right? If you start thinking about reskilling all the time at scale, that's pretty impossible to do and hard to stay on top of. So some of the research that we've been showing and and writing about has taken that to another level because if you can focus on capabilities, you can pivot a lot easier, right? Then you can skill, again, in the flow of work, right? And it makes it a whole lot more easy to scale than just doing this blanket reskilling all the time. Um, It's learning how capabilities translate into skills and what people need to get that as things evolve. Does that make sense? Sure. Um I I remember so I was you that offered the
0: nursing analogy in understanding skills versus uh capability. Uh, i
1: mean and you know in a nutshell and you know and i know we're getting close on time but you know if you think about what a nurse does right on a day-to-day basis right the skill of you know maybe it's a blood pressure cuff right you know let me listen let me do this but as technology changes right they're not having to do that there's automated cuffs there's you know it reads this it's doing all of that right so what is it about the nurse and what they're doing that allows them to adjust to what they need, right? To deliver patient care, right? When a lot of their tasks go away, even with simply, you know, simply with technology. What can we focus on those human enduring, you know, capabilities, enduring human capabilities that will allow them to adjust to what it is they need to do? Like, what do I do with the data once I've got it, right? it's, you know, my time doesn't have to be spent doing that. My time is, okay, you know, here's what's coming up on these, you know, reads, and then what do I do with it? What do I access? What tests, you know, what do I start to line up for the doctor? You know, and whatever, right? So what are those capabilities that allow that, you know, nurse to adjust to the patient care, right? When it's not being spent on doing the activities that have already, you know, like that, we don't need that anymore. Now we need sure. this, right? Oh,
0: Chris, we could go on all day. Yeah, we could. <laughs> we really could. You know, as we're getting ready to wind down, we always ask our guests our favorite question. And, and, and we're all about enjoying what you do and enjoying your passion. And you're an analyst. You work at Deloitte. Tell us what you enjoy and what drives Chris Havela to go to work every day
1: you know, I really am in my dream job right now. And, and, and I know you already know this, but, you know, I, you know, I already had that experience of, of, you know, product and tech and the function itself and, you know, and the business side. And I love that I can bring that all together here. I had a whole career of doing this work, the transformation work, but, you know, with all this disruption, you know, teaching people, um to you know how to do the same things that I've been doing in the midst of all this chaos is what really drives me and I got to a point where I didn't want to do the execution anymore I wanted to study it I wanted to help you know people learn from it you know take them through this stuff and I love being at Deloitte doing it because we have this me- this amazing execution arm of people who could do the work and because I'm not doing the work itself I can like learn from them and the stuff that they're doing with all the clients you know you know, it's like being informed and helping inform. And that's what I do. And I love it. I'm learning from all of our members that are corporate consumers of technology and in using this function, but also working with, you know, people like you guys that are creating all this innovation to help these companies get their outcomes and how to put all those things together. Oh my God, it's a crime that I get paid, but don't tell my company that, but I love, (laughs) love what I do. Hopefully they're not listening, <laughs> you, know. <laughs> you know. Well,
0: Chris Havela Chris from Detor- Deloitte. I would really, I almost said from Detroit.
1: Yeah, I know, <laughs> I'm, I'm a Georgia <laughs> peach, Atlanta all the way. Atlanta <laughs> all the
0: way, exactly. Um, Chris, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. It's been such a pleasure.
1: It is, the pleasure was all mine, my dear. Thank you so much.
0: And this is Rhonda Taylor from Fuel 50 and the Talent X podcast saying, you know, stay safe and we're all in this together. Bye all. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Talent X Podcast. For more talent experience and future of work conversations, visit talentexpodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter at TalentXPodcast. Or join the conversation with hashtag TalentXPodcast on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, or Twitter. TalentX, the talent experience podcast, was brought to you by the fabulous fuelies at Fuel50.